Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It's another state of the program edition. This time we are focusing on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Audrey Snyder, the Athletics Penn State beat writer, joins us. Ari Wasserman. The athletics recruiting guru, uh, number one Domino's cheesy bread fan, and uh, general songbird. If you heard Monday show, uh, I don't. Is that the best intro I can give you, Ari? Uh, yes, but I want to add something to Audrey's intro. Fellow purveyor of the filet fish sandwich on the show. I think Audrey's the first person that we've had on the show that agrees with me uh, on the filet fish, right? Yeah, if we were to draft sandwiches again, there would be one person in this conversation who drafted the filet of fish. Andy, that person is not Ari Wasserman. Don't let him fool you. So we uh, did a sandwich sandwich draft with some of the other writers on staff during the pandemic because we were bored. And it was a sandwich draft. And I thought that I would be the only person that would take the filet of fish so I waited to the late rounds to do it and then Audrey Audrey like snatched it from me yep which is when I knew she knew what she was talking about so, so she did draft you, the filet fish ahead whoa, of Oh no 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 let's 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 break this down yeah you didn't love filet fish enough that's Ari. what she says that's that's what it is and, and I do think that like now looking back at it I probably should have just taken it number one to make the point that I was going to make at the time, I was focused on winning the draft when I really should have just been winning the filet fish uh, you know, the ad- admiration of the filet fish from the people. And Audrey, sna- I mean, I can't take that back. She snatched it from me. Uh, he tried to trade me every sandwich he had, and I said, no, I don't want it. I wanted the filet fish and, and then to overcompensate, I finished the last three rounds of my draft by drafting the double filet fish the triple filet fish and the quadruple filet fish And air, land, and sea? It, it didn't, uh, it didn't <laughs> work because Audrey stole my stole the heart right out of my chest. Um, but I do, I do want to know. I just want to say thank you, Audrey, for, for agreeing with me. It, do you want to like take 30 seconds to talk about why you like it? I mean, I... To me, it's like one of those sandwiches that you grew up eating, right? Like every Catholic, every Friday during Lent, like that was one of those, <laughs> right? Like your mom would take you to McDonald's and you get a filet of fish. Like that was just a big thing. And my friends, we still laugh about it. But like when we were in elementary school, my mom and my two of my best friends, their twins, their grandma, we'd go on Fridays to McDonald's after school. And like you got a filet of fish. Like it was just what you did. Like that was just normal Normal behavior. So that's to me, called a solid upbringing. Is what that is. That's what you see. Why Audrey's in the position that she's in professionally? It's no mistake. So no. you're saying it's Protestantism that caused chicken not all of it, to no, be my, I mean, to be my favorite McDonald's menu item. It's funny because if, she, if if there is because like, there is like this weird religious correlation between the filet fish and some people, and I'm not sure if that's what you're saying, Audrey. But people eat the filet fish during Lent. 
Yeah. And the most ironic part about my introduction to the filet fish is because my Israel, my mother's from Israel, and my grandmother was Israeli. Um, so when she would come in from Israel to America, and we'd go to McDonald's, like that was the only sandwich on the menu that she found was close enough to being deemed kosher, because it has cheese and fish on it, and that's okay, and you can't have cheese and meat on it. So like, there's a religious aspect to this to me as well. Um, so maybe we're, we're, it's just like for the same reasons that Ari. I Look think it's this. possible. We're building build bridges with golden fried fillet of fish. I think what what I'm trying to say is that it is the fish of the Lord. I like that. It is the sandwich I, I, of the, the Lord. Old, the Old Testament and the New Testament. God the, loves the, the, the fish. Book of Mormon. It doesn't matter what book you're in it. You're going to find the fillet of fish in there somewhere. This is That's, the Quran. It's uniting people. I mean, I, I don't. I don't understand how they don't sponsor the show, Andy. I mean, I think. You guys have given them enough publicity. And the if time. you talk out of the side of your mouth about the filet fish you are risking eternal damnation. I, I like it. Yeah. Watch yeah. this turn. Watch this turn. So if Ohio State is the filet fish of the Big Ten, <laughs> where does that leave Penn State? Where, where on the McDonald's menu does that? All right. Let's, let, if let's we drafted McDonald's menu items, what would you draft number one? Me? Oof. Yeah. Chicken McNuggets. Tells us a lot, doesn't it, Ari? Yeah. Yeah. And he tells if me only, that I have the power only of the five to make old. others suffer with my chicken McNugget farts. If you've never smelled a chicken <laughs> McNugget fart, like the, the fart you let out after a 20 piece. So I had a, a 94 Toyota Corolla back in the day, cloth seats. Okay. That fart smell never leaves those seats. A 94 Corolla. Wow. Well, it was the 90s. So it wasn't that It was still it was like the 90s when I had nuggets. it. So and it well, it took me out of the 90s as well. But yes, that that, that smell never comes out. And the filet of fish does not provide the right tone and timber of fart sound. When's the, the last right time you had a filet of fish? Uh it's probably been 10 years. Okay. Ooh, 10 so years. This is exactly what Jimbo Fisher did to that reporter. <laughs> How your media you don't you do your research your media don't you do your research wow 10 yeah. years i don't All think right. you're qualified to discuss it andy has, has james franklin ever put you on the spot about your filet of fish love audrey uh he has not no maybe okay. this will maybe this will uh start a conversation well you needed penn state's offensive line coach phil troutwine who i covered when he was a florida player and i was a florida beat writer yeah. he's a like he doesn't look like he played offensive line he looks like the mountain from game of thrones now i don't think he's touched a filet of fish in a while either like so it's it, next how time it goes. Seen, i'm gonna ask him on yeah. our uh, sec road trip you're going to eat one okay we can do that i just want we you do. to eat it you can only take one bite out of it but you have to get a fresh one and i think it's possible that you might be changing your mind i think you're wrong because i think you just like the things that you like because you like them for sentimental reasons and not for Taste it's reasons. not sentimental. It's delicious. And I like things for taste reasons. Occasionally, I like them for sentimental reasons, but most of the time, most people who like eat the, the filet fish after I tell them to eat it think it's a good sandwich. It's an elite sandwich. Nobody, nobody ever I've says, "Oh my god, that was gross." People I've eaten a lot of filet fish, guys. I ate fast food pretty much every meal from birth until about age thirty. So it's evolved. I've had plenty. Do your so. research. He is older than us, Ari. Remember, he had that 94 Corolla. Yeah. I had, cla a classic, I had the classic filet of fish. You I'm guys, just saying, you're you guys the media. don't even know. You're the media, and you're putting stuff out there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're I'll, I'll, you're yeah. the media. 
Like a sliced fish on Bro Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let, let's let's talk Nittany Lions because this was an interesting offseason, Audrey, because James Franklin gets a big fat extension, presumably to keep him away from USC. Lincoln Riley ends up getting that job anyway. But James Riley, uh, James, James Riley, I've just James combined Riley. the two of them. Uh, James Franklin. James Riley would be a hell of a coach if you like he put would. both of them together. Correct. Yes. Uh, but so he's got this big extension. It is 85% guaranteed. So James Franklin and Penn State are married for a long time now. Pat Kraft coming in as the AD, probably the most football friendly AD Penn State's had in a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, this is, it feels a little bit like a new era, but then not necessarily with the roster. Yeah, it's weird because it feels like this is like a fresh start, but then you're like, oh yeah, the quarterback's back for his sixth year and he's going to be 24 in July. Like, it's just, it's very weird. And, you know, you look at it and they're going to be young at a lot of spots. Um, But I think overall, you look at this roster and you just say, well, okay, it's year two with Mike Yersich, an offense that underperformed last year. I mean, the thing that really strikes me, Andy, is that, you know, the COVID year, like last year at this time, I was like, okay, 2020, you know, it was an anomaly. The COVID year, they go four and five, whatever, opt-outs. It makes sense. They had no spring ball. And then you watch last year, and now you're like, well, they're 11 and 11 going back to the start of 2020. And so then it's like, hey, 11 and 11. And yet, Franklin gets that new 10-year contract, which, like you said, I mean, they're going to be married for a long time. Or um, – you look at it and the buyout figure, of course, is very lopsided um, in his direction. I, I think there is a, a possibility there in a few years that if things aren't going well, he would just buy himself out. Like I could see that happening if it gets to that point. But yeah, it feels like a reset, but also you're bringing back your quarterback for another go around. And most people are more interested in your five-star freshman quarterback who you're probably not going to see this year in Drew Aller. That. Was the contract Our, extension just a reaction to what Michigan State did? And I'm trying to figure out which well, one was before, crazier. They did it right before Mel Tucker. Like, it was all that week it of the was? land grant game. Yeah, because Penn State yeah. came out like a day or two before Mel oh, Tucker. Oh, I thought but that say, it came out after. Same agent, because remember, Franklin switched to, to Jimmy Sexton. So That's yeah, how it's connected. It's, 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 it's the same agent doing the deal. So, obviously – they knew what was going on with Mel's deal when they were doing. Okay, that's Franklin's I I, deal. I, rem- I remember it was connected somehow, and I'm just trying to figure out which one sounds crazier to you. I mean, I, they I both- think, yeah, the timing for both is pretty bad when when you look at what happens, you know, the next week at Michigan State. But for Penn State, I think you're saying, okay, you know, you're 11 and 11 going back to the start of 2020. So why did you feel the need to do this now? And we had a chance to talk to Sandy Barber in the winter um, who's since announced her retirement. And she said like, yeah, you know, we thought he's, he's earned it. He deserved it. Um, That's the really tough sell to a fan base when you're coming off of these last two seasons. You know, I think she was kind of more into the earlier part of his tenure where Penn state goes to those three new year's six bowl games. Um, but again, I think going back to the start of 2020, it's it, it looks very crazy when you kind of look at this contract. I feel well, like they that's... paid all that money, Andy, not to interrupt you, but I just like my thought process was with both of these schools is mm-hmm. I would rather pay $100 million over 10 years to not face a coaching search that we won't feel good about. Like I felt like it was more to avoid being in a black hole of don't know who to get than it was a reward for the accomplishments of the past. But here's the thing about Penn State 
and that. There are coaches out there who would take the Penn State sure. job who Penn State people would be would be happy with. But now would they would they be available when when that came up if that yeah. came up in like 3 4 years? I don't know. So that, I I'm with you there. The thing about this is you have Michigan getting over the hump against Ohio State, winning the Big 10. And now it feels like there it really does feel like there's four programs that are capable of winning the East and therefore winning the Big 10. And because Ohio State got beat, they, they, they don't tower over everyone as much anymore. But it feels like the competition is even more fierce now. I mean, am I, am I right there, Audrey? Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you look at that Big Ten East and the last two years, it's been a step back for Penn State. And you say, OK, well, you know, you got to play Ohio State. You got to play Michigan. You got to play Michigan State. And then you do yourself no favors when you lose in nine overtimes to Illinois. So I, I think part of it, too, with with the contract was you look at the way this program has recruited. It's recruited very well under James Franklin. And a big part of that has been that class that's just enrolled, the Drew Aller class, the Nick Singleton. I mean, your five-star running back. You've got all this talent, but I go back to, and this is where this year is so critical, until this offensive line gets drastically better, all of this talent is not going to matter. And I think that's kind of what we've seen play out here the last few years where the, the improvement up front, you mentioned Phil Troutwine earlier, this is year three for him. Um, he's the third offensive line coach since James Franklin got here in 2014. And all these offensive coordinator changes haven't helped this line either. So, you know, at some point you've got to take a step forward uh, with this offensive line. And it just feels like they're at a tipping point. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What I find really fascinating about the Big Ten East is that you have four programs that pay their coach top 15 salaries. Yeah. and like uh, It's like the SEC West. Yes, and like Mel Tucker, I think, if I'm not mistaken is like the fourth highest paid coach in college football and uh i know that james franklin is somewhere in the top 10 and jim harbaugh is either 10 or 11 and it, there's a lot of uh money coming out and i don't and, and franklin i think is 13 or something um and i don't know if those are 100 percent accurate but you know for the point i'm trying to make it doesn't matter i wonder like how does that translate into fan expectations and administrative expectations you're paying money that other coaches are being paid that are winning national titles and like only one team is going to be emerging from the big 10 East every year. And you're going to have three top 15 paid coaches like fail. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, no, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. We got all, some, we got some changes. All yeah. the schedules yeah. just yeah. disappeared for 2023 from the, the big 10 team sites the other day. It may be number one versus number two, which maybe, maybe that changes the dynamics a little bit. Am I, am I 
Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I mean, it should because you look at it and, you know, you say, okay, if you're Penn State, you could have a good season and you still might be fourth within your own division, right? Which is just crazy to wrap your head around the way things You could go to the championship game potentially now as opposed to before. You don't have to worry about getting past Ohio State every year. Um, You know, this would be delayed probably. Yeah, right. You just have to do it in the Big Ten title game. Yeah. Yes. Um, But I I think that to me is, is. Penn State would be one of the biggest beneficiaries if the Big Ten gets rid of the divisions. I mean, to me, that is that's a game changer when you look at it. Um, and I, I should know the number because I wrote it the other day in my state of the program story. But Penn State is like seven and seventeen against the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten East superpowers, which I consider, yeah. of course, to be Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, that's brutal. And now you can say, oh, and six of that, of course, came in during the sanction era in fourteen and fifteen. But still, seven and eleven versus those three programs is a lot. Um, that's a tough pill to swallow. But yeah, they would certainly benefit if the Big Ten would, would get rid of these divisions. But yeah, I think the expectations for Penn State and a lot of this, and James Franklin's mentioned it before too, and I think there is there is truth in this because of the college football playoff era. Success is playoff or bust. Right. And you know you're you're no longer happy with the bowl game and, and wherever it may be. And I think Penn State's kind of fallen in, into that category quite a bit when you look back at it. Well, and and they've been so close. They're, I mean, you can't yeah. be any closer than they were in 2016 and not make it. And then yeah. the next couple of years they were right there. And I think that's part of the frustration. And and if you look at what an expanded playoff would look like when we when we mocked out. Mm-hmm the 12 team, you know, using past years, Penn state would have made it like three times. And how do we, will we view James Franklin's tenure differently? If that were the case? I think so. I mean, I think you look at that and you say, Hey, it's an expanded playoff field. Yes, but you get in. I mean, I think it looks a lot differently than you say, okay. I mean, I still, to me, it's crazy to try and wrap your head around where this program was in that Cotton Bowl game. Micah Parsons plays out of his mind. Journey Brown rushes for a gazillion yards. You take that team there to what we've seen the last two years, and like, I still don't know what happened. Like, it's it, it's it feels like the pandemic affected them more than it affected other years. programs. Yeah. yeah, and it was to me like that's the crazy thing because it's like you know, and you look at that Fiesta Bowl team that they had. Like again, that was. I still, I mean, by far the, the best team that they had, even though they lost the Rose Bowl, that 2016 team was clicking at the right time of the year. Uh, that was a team that was surging, and then you don't get in the playoff. And that's something that I think that particular selection set this program back for a while because, of course, it all impacts recruiting, and they've recruited well, but there are some other guys you're going to probably get or at least be in the conversation with um, when you get in the playoff. And, and that's one of the things that, this program right now, you know, you can't sell a national title to any of these players because they weren't alive in the 80s, you know? Like, it's just you don't have that recent success or enough of it um, to at least appeal to, to your, your non-regional kids and some of those types in recruiting. I think you make the case that Penn State is the biggest beneficiary of an expanded playoff yeah, in college football. Yeah, it's, it's either Penn State or Florida because I think they both would have yeah. made it three times. and Or Wisconsin's in there, too, in that mix. But – Absolutely. And it is a different sell. And, and people don't think about that, that mm-hmm. just the checking that box. Did you make the playoff? Like it's a huge thing to sell. And it, nothing it would change. Literally nothing would have to change. No, nothing else. It's the same exact team and the same exact type of seasons. 
And just the idea that the rules have changed makes you feel better about the way things are going, which I think is a good thing for Penn State. At least you can go out and you can feel like you're playing in a game at the end of the year that will determine the national championship. But I feel like if Penn State just continued and nothing changed there and continued to be who they were and recruited the same way and had a really good team every three or four years and beats Mm -hmm. Ohio State or competes with Ohio State, but instead of losing a close game to Ohio State or losing a second game that keeps them out of the playoff, you know, I think that they would make the playoff quite a bit, especially considering the fact that I don't believe that Michigan's going to be a superpower all of a sudden. Like, I think Penn State is the second best program in, in the Big Ten. And the second best program in the Big Ten makes the playoff a lot. In, so in Michigan State, Mel, we got Mel Tucker on line three for Ari. I mean, oh, yeah. am I wrong? No, you're not. No, and, and, no oh. I think you're right. So, Audrey, how much relitigating gets done? And and we are to blame, I think, for some of this too. Our our guy Dane Brugler, who I love, throwing Will Levis in there as a potential <laughs> first round pick. But but you look at Will Levis; he goes to Kentucky. Kentucky has a good year. Uh, obviously, he's part of that. But also, Wandell Robinson coming in was part of that. The very good offensive line was part of that. But for Penn State fans who think, okay, this could have been the guy starting at Penn State. How much does that get relitigated? Yeah, there's been quite a bit of that since at least, you know, the draft wrapped up. And I think the other part of that, too, is you look at Penn State's draft. You, they had eight players drafted. And so a lot of fans say, well, OK, you, you went seven and six and you had the most players drafted in the Big Ten. So, so you get part of that. Um, but I think the Levis thing is fascinating because you look at him here. And, and again, when I say I still can't figure out what in the world happened to this program since that Cotton Bowl game, his usage in 2020 was baffling I mean it was this was a guy they brought in the game for short yarded situations I mean he was I called him a battering ram he did not throw the ball much um and then he did make one spot start when they benched Sean Clifford and he didn't look particularly great so now ultimately will love will will let us be a first round pick I don't know I mean none of us know at this point right but I do I understand why people see it and see the big arm and all those things but I go back to we heard so much about his big arm throughout his recruitment, and then we didn't see it during that 2020 season. And then he gets pulled in the game he starts, and Sean Clifford comes back in, and then Clifford plays really well and keeps his job the rest of that 2020 season, and then nothing has changed since then. So I think right now, though, because Penn State fans have seen a very extended body of work on Sean Clifford, there is the Will Levis intrigue of, hey, what if this guy was here running this offense? Which, by the way, he was running a Kirk Sharaka offense, and it's a Mike Yersich mm-hmm. offense now. Right. So you've had some changes. Um, but I do think there is the intrigue just because they've seen the body of work of Sean Clifford. And the way that Outback Bowl performance ended for Clifford did not inspire a lot of confidence from a fan base. How are we 21 minutes into this podcast without saying Drew Aller? Well, because here we are. We're not all recruiting, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Audrey's way all over this. Yeah, I, I mean, this I, is this is your five-star quarterback, and I think it's like a lot of Penn State fans, this has been the thing for a long time. They say, hey, you haven't gotten a five-star since. Well, that was Christian Hackenberg, and that was the sanction era, and we all saw how that went. But I, I think now it's, okay, how soon can you get Drew ready to get on the field? And the way things ended this spring, I mean, he's competing with his classmate, Bo, Bo Pabula, for that number three job. So you've got Christian Bayou ahead of both of those guys. For the time being, now he's only been on campus a few months. Sorry, I can see you're starting to, to foam at the mouth here. 
Um, but Ari just, likes every five-star quarterback should start immediately that all the other quarterbacks should be like handed bus tickets so they can yes. go home. How dare you be a three-star and, and be here in the it's presence got nothing of to this do with glorious five-star. No, it's not just, it has nothing to do with just ratings. We know who and what Sean Clifford is. And if that's good enough, that's fine. Go ahead, play him and win nine games or eight games or whatever yeah. and fall short in the big one. We know who he is. So I've, I'm always a big fan of turning the page and trying something different. I don't understand the point of going down the same route road where you know when that road leads. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to come down on Sean Clifford, but he's not the answer at quarterback. And I think Penn State, with an elite-level quarterback, would have been, made the playoff at least one time during the Urban Meyer era uh, because they played them better, played Ohio State better than anybody. And think about it. Like Trace McSorley, I think, was the best quarterback that they had, right? Absolutely. Um, and he was awesome, an awesome college player. But, like, can you imagine, Audrey, some of those games that we used to cover together if Penn State had a five-star quarterback that actually was a hit on their roster? Like, how? Mm-hmm. Like it's possible that Penn State could have had a winning record against Ohio State during those seven years. I mean, like McSorley that- by far exceeded the expectations and was tremendous for this program. And, but the other part of this that you have to remember is you had Saquon Barkley there. And I think that's the tough thing for Penn State when you say, you had a generational running back on your roster and you still couldn't get in the door to the college football playoff. That's a tough blow. Now, yes, we can all make the argument about 16 that they should have gotten in. Um, but to me, yeah, that, that's been the big thing is can you get a five-star quarterback here and develop that guy to get him ready to go? And then now do you have the pieces around him? And that's where I still go back to this offensive line, Ari. And I think you can make the argument um, – Unless this line's better, you're going to not help your freshman quarterback out at all if you put him on the field too soon. I mean, I think... Yeah, I guess there's like balancing blocks there. Yeah, so let true. Sean Clifford get his head knocked off instead. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm wrong <laughs> a lot about that. And, I, and I'm, I understand that like I'm like the guy who drives down the but Vegas Strip and goes, look at the it's lights. A, it's you know, a, like I get coin, excited. It's a coin flip, Ari. Or it's, a, it's a hand of blackjack. There's 40, 49.8% chance you win on the five-star quarterback. How, because really? the question I mean, is, is how long it. does it take rationally for a five-star quarterback to be ready? Depends on the quarterback. Yes. Depends on the guy. Kyler Murray wasn't ready immediately. Turned out great. There have been other five-stars. Like, two of was probably ready right away and probably got held I just think that long. the days of it needing two years to develop in a program are dead. These guys, like Drew Aller was like the most polished player at the Elite 11 last year. And I know that's just like a purely physical skill set thing and like reading defenses. And, and there's no defensive the... line coming at him. And... No, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but there was a defensive line coming at him in his high school tape, and it's like some of the best high school tape I've ever seen in my entire life. And like, I, I don't know if I subscribe to the idea that Drew would need two years of weightlifting, nutrition, and study to be ready to play he, he, at he a higher not. level than Sean Clifford. He might not. I, mean, I just that's... don't think there's anything more hopeless in the entire world of being a sports fan than knowing your quarterback isn't good enough to get you where you want to go and entering a season with that being your guy. That there's no hope there. Like, it, it does feel like where I will say, Ari, it does feel like where Penn State is at this year. There's a lot of, yeah, but to me, it kind of feels like this is a bridge to maybe better, brighter days in 2023 and beyond because you've got that 2022 class with Drew Aller in it. Yeah. Um, and I think next year at this the second time, best class Franklin signed in his entire tenure there. At, well, yeah. the, the good, the good and, news well, is Michael Parsons class was also six nationally. Yeah. yeah. The good news is no hot seat. No, no worries about job security for James Franklin. So would a Penn state fan rather and... go eight and four with Sean Clifford as our quarterback or seven and six or, you know, 500 with Drew Aller as our quarterback. 
I think that is that is a question that has come up a lot, Ari, on, on the Penn State fan survey that I conducted on The Athletic. Um, the I post on of, Blue and White Illustrated, by the way. I'm a poster. <laughs> the, the overwhelming majority of people say that Sean Clifford should be the quarterback this year. It was like 59, I would say 59, 60%. However, what? I think the question you bring up is a valid one. It's one I've thought a lot about. What if Penn State's kind of having a ho-hum season, and here we are in November, do you turn the page to someone else at that point? That's probably what's going to happen, right? Right. Then you start worrying about trajectory more more than record. Yeah. I I think at some point – now, the one thing with James Franklin that he's said himself several times is that he's always very loyal to his older guys. And he said sometimes in the past he's been loyal to a fault. And I think you look at kind of, again, the other part a lot of fans, I think, forget about this with Sean Clifford is, yes, Sean wanted to be back, but Penn State wanted him to come back for the sixth year. And that's because they wanted to give Drew more time. And right now, Veyu would be the number two. Um, but I'm very curious to see what that room looks like in November. And next year at this time, I think we're going to be having a different conversation because I don't, you're not going to have all these quarterbacks here next year at this time um, if, say, Drew becomes that guy or maybe Vayu becomes that guy, and then we're maybe having a different conversation. So, Audrey, let's let's switch sides of the ball. We mm-hmm. all know about Joey Porter Jr., but who else are we going to be talking about on that defense? Curtis Jacobs, um, in my mind, is their only proven commodity at linebacker. I mean, he's a guy who I think – and he, he played more down the stretch. He saw more snaps over the last seven games that he played last season. Uh, but he's a guy who I think has – you know, they always talk about game record pr- potential – um, he was somebody who was a receiver and a safety in high school, uh, highly touted guy, Ari. I'm sure you, you'd probably remember his recruitment, a four-star guy out of McDonough in Maryland. Um, PJ Muster for the other one, the defensive tackle coming back off a season ending knee injury, which is kind of Penn state fans. Remember that happened in the Iowa game where everything kind of combusted oh. at once. And the loss of Mustafer was, was really critical. Um, when you look at kind of how they played, I mean, the defense played really, really well last year. They certainly did more than than their part to keep Penn State in many of these games. Um, but the other guy I will go with is somebody who you guys probably remember, but safety Jair Brown. Uh, he yeah. had six picks last year. And, you know, you get Brown and Mustafer to come back for the extra year, which is huge. Um, so I think you kind of look at those guys and say, okay, you've got a really good safety, got a really good corner in Porter. I think their secondary is going to be really good. Um, you've got some questions in front of those guys, though. I will miss Jaquan Brisker. So yeah, much. He, he, he was, was one of my favorite fun. players to watch last year. I, that that was I love guys that just kind of do everything. So yeah. I, I hope they can find somebody like that who can who can who can pull that off. But uh, Audrey, I, I have something that I, I've I've wanted to to try with you. Uh, you oh you have this beautiful Eastern PA accent. Oh and so there's there's a phrase that I, I would like to to okay. hear you say. I, I'm just going to text it to you. Just please read right. it naturally, and uh, and and let's see how it goes. Let's see. Oh, there it is. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Pizza's <Wawa> ready. Walla coffee. <laughs> Wawa coffee. So, this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. 
Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you watched Mayor of Easttown, did you feel seen? You know, I'm a, a native of Chester County, and that's more of a Delaware Not Delaware County, yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, but yeah, it was hilarious and that you kind of see so many of the regional takes and like, I know, um, Ari knows this, you probably do too, but I am a Wawa defender to the nth degree living here in central PA in Sheets territory. I will defend Wawa. Wawa Um, is a million times better than Sheets. It's one of them is a convenience store. The other one's a gas station. Ari, like to me, it's just not even like, they're not even the same thing. Um, but I know I'm going to get Sheets probably tweeting at me again. Um, about they, not you mean sheets heads? Is that what they oh, call themselves? I don't know what they call themselves, but like that's because there has to be some kind of gentleman's agreement. That oh, you know, absolutely, because one, one would just take over. But I will say, so I my first exposure to the to the Pennsylvania convenience store wars yeah. was Western PA and sheets. So okay. I was like, oh, this is great. And then I, I get to see Wawa, and, and now. Because I get to go all around the country. I've been to Bucky's, which is better than both. I'm gonna and make my Bucky's debut. Bucky's is a Walmart, though. I don't even know if Bucky's belongs in that conversation. Or like a different, yeah. It's a, hey, it's a Walmart with gas pumps. Listen, <laughs> it's just like it's just like Nick Saban decided to make Alabama Alabama. Bucky's decided to make Bucky's Bucky's. It's like it's, I, that's I, that's I, on Sheets and Wawa. They could have done that. They chose not to. But in my I will 10 say, years living in Ohio. I've been through Pennsylvania on road trips, uh, both personally and professionally, a million times. I'm a very, like, I feel like I'm a PA veteran from somebody who's never lived there. And I will say that Sheets is, the food is much worse than Wawa's food. It's the same idea, but the, so, so like, I love pizza, as we all know on this podcast. And I feel like I'd eat any type of pizza, even if it was bad. I got a pizza once at Sheets. That was so remarkably terrible that I rolled my window down after taking one bite, pulled the pizza up with my right hand, and threw it out the window and disgust. And if Ari thinks the pizza is bad, it's and maybe pizza terrible. isn't what you're supposed to order at Sheets. And like I've eaten at Sheets a million times. I'm yeah, saying, pizza's not what you should order there. Yeah, either. and I've I've had everything on their menu. I've been there a million times. Landis and I had a rule during road trips where if there was a Sheets, you had to stop, um, which was a lot of stopping. But Wawa's <laughs> food, like their sandwiches and their hot dogs, Wawa um, hoagies, the the hoagies, the and hoagies, like yeah. even like the the chicken uh, bites that they put by the register, the pretzels, everything the about pretzels Wawa is just are, superior. Yeah, the pretzels are a go-to. Um, I, I, pretzels, coffee, hoagies, to me, it's just the cheats. I, I will say, food. so as someone who has has really come around to the Wawa side since Wawa has You've invaded seen the my state, well. Wawa is, is big into Florida now. So yeah, my yes. town, I live in a very small town. It has three Wawas and number four and number five are currently being built. So peanut Why butter is it Because all the Philly is, people go down there for in, in retire. Is that what's happening down there? I just think they realized there wasn't anything like that down here. Now, Bucky's is 
Bucky's has moved into Florida too. There's there's Bucky's in Pensacola and there's Bucky's on the other side. But there's a uh, lot of East Coast like Philly. There's like Philadelphia pretzel. Factory. Oh yeah, there's, there's all there's yeah. all sorts of. But there's Philly there's stuff every there. manner of East Coaster down here. There's there's your Philly people, your New York people, your your New England people. So they all have their own little pockets. But I think Wawa just saw an opportunity because they're big in Tampa, Orlando, like the I four corridor, and then up here in in Gainesville, and Peanut butter fudge is the coffee of the month. Holy crap. It's like a Reese's peanut butter cup made into coffee. Have you had it's their ev- greatest? Now, have you had their everything bagel melts with that Italian bagel melts? I have not. I've had no. meatball sub. I've had Audrey? No? No. I, I haven't I haven't been home in a little while. I've been home since Christmas. So I'm due for a trip home here in the next week or two. So what are you recommending? The it's, everything- a, it's a everything bagel that's melted with tomato sauce, uh cheese salami and it's like a pizza it's a pizza bagel but it's melted it's a it's a bagel melt they have them by the register or you can make them fresh delicious I, wow. wawa wawa's uh impulse buy strategy is is designed Incredible. to ensnare ari it is great like yeah. the little gooey cakes they have next to the coffee station i can imagine him like filling up his coffee and then just grabbing <laughs> four of those Twenty nine thousand <laughs> calories deep before i even check out because you can eat it while you're waiting in line um i you get different tasty cakes Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember too that I've been on a million road trips with Landis, That's so like true. I've been exposed to the Philadelphia, yeah. pit, the Pennsylvania. Like I've, I've, I feel like for somebody who's never lived there, that I have a very keen understanding of the way things work out there. Um, and every time I go to Florida, I'm eating Wawa for lunch and stuff. Like I feel like Wawa is like what I do when I'm there. Yes, yeah, she's I missed went... an opportunity by not coming down here. Sheets is trash compared to Wawa. It's like I spent an, I had a New Year's Eve dinner from Wawa on one of these bowl trips, and I introduced Grace Rayner to Wawa this past year. We were both nice. uh, in Florida for a recruiting event. What's your What's See, your go to order there? Uh, any kind, any kind of hoagie. Um, it kind of just varies, and then coffee. Definitely the coffee and a pretzel for sure. Now, here's the other thing, and this kind of gets back to Andy's original question. Um, Hers potato chips. I am a oh, hers yeah. potato chip person, um, especially their old bay chips, which is like a regional thing, more of a Maryland thing. Um, but you can't get those here. Like I can't get those in state college. So you got to get the old bay chips with any kind of hoagie, and then a pretzel and a coffee. And their iced tea is really, really. You're good not too. committed enough to get in the car and just go put a bunch of them in your back seat so you never run out. <laughs> Landis once drove an hour and a half north of Columbus to go to a Philadelphia pretzel factory. You, well, there's there's a Penn State connection to this. You mentioned the Philly Pretzel Factory. James Franklin, was, I believe, was one of his frat brothers. Was one of the was like the founder of the Philly Pretzel Factory. And Franklin had told the story before, but that like this guy with the Pretzel Factory like believed in him enough. And was like, hey, like you could be part of this, right? When it was getting off the ground, but instead he went into coaching. He blew it. Yeah. (laughs) There's one take that I have that I want to share with you, Audrey, before we go, that I share with Bill and it makes him crazy. Oh boy. And like I'm a I'm a good I'm a fan of the original Philadelphia pretzel, salted or unsalted. I like salted. But I told him once that I prefer Wetzel's pretzels to the Philadelphia pretzels, and I thought he was gonna murder me with his bare hands. This is this is our conversation the other day 
where you're like, yeah, I'd go past the great local place to get Domino's because I just like Domino's. <laughs> See, I'm not, I'm not a big Domino's person, Ari. So that's All right, probably another here. argument we could have on here. But yeah, you're totally wrong. Ari, Ari's just getting off the, the, the but it's call funny, like, but It's like Wetzel's pretzels, the way that they like put the butter on there and they melt the pepperonis on there and stuff. It's, it's just good. But So Wetzel's pretzels, but not Auntie Anne's? I, they both they both uh, get the job done, but I would pick. So basically, you're going to sugar can... pretzel at Annie Ann's, or you're going to pick against. I don't them? ever go sweet with stuff. I never okay. eat sweets like that. I like savory. I will tell you where the best sweet pretzel is if you're ready to hear it. If yes. you if you're ready for the information, it's very. This is this is going to be controversial, but you could go to Auntie Ann's or Wetzel's and get a cinnamon sugar pretzel, and you could pay three ninety nine or five ninety nine or whatever they charge for it now. The best cinnamon sugar pretzel on earth is at Sam's club and it is 99 cents. You know what? I remember those when, um, when I was a kid, that was another thing. Well, it wasn't the same as the play of fish day, Andy, but, um, I remember those, you know, I, there's a Sam's club in state college now, so I'm going to have to check that out. It's it. Yeah. It's get in your yeah. car and go to pizza's all whenever you want. Too. It. I don't know. I don't know if it compares with Domino's, but it's pretty good for a dollar. How far is the, is the nearest Wawa? The nearest Wawa to me um, either would be going toward home, which would be going toward Philadelphia, or if you go toward the Poconos. There's no Wawa within like What's two the hours. Time? What, two, so hours. two hours? Yeah. That's a rookie move if you think that's too far away. <laughs> the nearest is, Wawa to me is 10 minutes. So I, that's unbelievable. That's, I grew up with like, right now. like three Wawas within like a two-mile radius of my parents' house. And then, you know, it's just – I've got like three sheets probably within – Seven eight miles. Away Sheets now. has a more expansive menu, but Sheets is lower quality. Hey Ari, we all need a place where we can cash our lottery tickets. Okay. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, no, actually, now you can buy them on the phone, which is another form of gambling that I've introduced into my life. <laughs> I was unaware of that. <laughs> you can buy lottery, t- not scratchers. I think you still have to go if in. If to there's get a, if there is a way to gamble, Ari will Ari's find it. it. I've been gambling on sports cards, uh, the lottery, sport. I mean, it just. Whatever, it's the best thing in the world. Andy, I'm gonna come back to you this fall for my Bucky's recommendation when I make oh. my, my first trip. Bucky's has legitimately good barbecue. Uh, I'm just getting the beef jerky there because they're usually around other places with better barbecue. So have you ever had like the the uh, sandwiches in there? Yeah, they have a uh, sliced Italian barbecue sandwich. Or, I mean, a sliced sausage barbecue sandwich mm-hmm. that's delicious. Uh, yeah, it's okay. There are places within several miles of there that are uh, that are much better. Again, don't just go to Domino's because you can. If there's something I mean, better nearby, yeah, I don't. I don't know when I'm in the middle of the highway. Usually, when there's a Bucky's, you're just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, like, I don't the, just get yeah. some good beef jerky. Okay. Maybe some frozen yogurt. Okay. <laughs> the size together, of the, we'll the place is the size of a there's Walmart. A, it's just beef Audrey, jerky. There's an entire deli. It looks like a deli counter, okay. but it's just beef jerky in a hundred different flavors. That's where you're going. So I am going to eat beef jerky for every meal that I am in Auburn, and that's going to be fine with me. I'm just going to eat a lot oh, of jerky. Oh, no. I got places <laughs> for you in Auburn. Oh, my goodness. Don't, don't, don't. Okay. Don't, don't load up on, on the gas I think there's food. a Domino's in Auburn. Yeah, that there is. But no, we, we'll, <laughs> we'll get you to Acre. We'll get you to the Hound. We'll, we'll, you'll get a Mama G's sandwich. I mean, you, you, you'll do just fine. You're, you're going to enjoy it. That sounds promising. Oh, yeah. Uh, bow and arrow barbecue is going to be good. You're going to like it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for a wonderful week here on the Andy Staples show. Who knows what happens next? Who knows what coaches will pop off? 
we are taking Memorial Day off, and then we return. We'll be talking a lot of SEC next week because the SEC spring meetings in Destin are happening. I will be there along with Seth Emerson from The Athletic. And, oh, by the way, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban will be stuck in the same room together for two days. Can't wait. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 